Oh my goodness. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 539. I don't know why I didn't think with my fingers. I panicked, and then I was like, how do I make a nine with my fingers? Uh, welcome in. Joining me today is my father, Stephen Schaumler, as always. Dad, how are you? I'm doing great, particularly now that I've heard my, uh, <laughs> uh, oh my goodness for the day. That, that, uh, it's been a long day, so that's a good, that brightens my day all the time. Do you like my haircut? What do you think? I love your haircut. It's fantastic. <laughs> I just saw it on your Instagram story, and I went, wow, he got it whacked. It looks good. It's a lot easier to maintain. I'm excited about that. I'm jealous. I have to go um, hang up to the Oregon Coast Friday uh, unexpectedly to do some filming, and I'm supposed to get my haircut Friday. I leave for Kauai on Monday, and I may have to go with shaggy hair, which would be terrible. Oh, yeah. You're totally roughing it. Your hair's oh, everywhere right now. You look like – you know, you look <laughs> like um, – uh, Chris Bianco. So Chris Bianco, that guy, pizza guy we talked about last week, his hair is straight up like Einstein, a mad scientist all the time. And that's, I've seen him now in person twice. That's every time I've seen him and on camera, it's like that every time. And it, that's who he is. And I love it. Um, oh, I got to say real quick, we'll get more. We'll talk more about this later, but I want to mention now this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp and Rocket League, more Rocket League, Rocket Money, Rocket League's a video game, Rocket Money sponsored the show. So did BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We'll talk about them later in the show uh today's all about the super bowl i can't wait to hear what you think i've got some good thoughts some discouraging thoughts but it's more than just a game to me it's also like an event so what i want to hear first is your setup like tell me about how you watch the game and where and what you ate tell me about that experience so went to a family member's house and i had uh had commandeered the couch right in front of the tv um, I had right before me, I had uh, chicken wings, I had chips, I had cheese, I had avocado, I had my yellow pad, yellow pad, a blue pen, and a red pen. And I tell you, I was so fired up to watch the Super Bowl this time because I had to get to make a show with you and I had to talk like a half a clue. Um, so it was like, I'm a fan <laughs> I and I get to talk about it. It was fired me up so much. <laughs> yeah, it, there is something about football but you have to pay an extra level of attention when you're going to talk about it, which for me makes the game more fun to watch. Like I I've always felt that way. Like if there's been nothing else in the last five years of doing strong event in sports is that I've enjoyed analyzing and like watching football more intently. Like that's definitely the best thing about this. Um, I watched the game. So I got invited to this media event thing and I, I hate those events. We talked about this last week. And a couple of weeks ago, someone in the mainstream media I ran into was kind of rude to me and they were going to be at the event. And I was like, I just don't, I don't want to deal with that. I don't, I, I don't want to do this like weird, um, how do you, what do you, uh, dick measuring contest at, at an event. I hate all that crap. I don't like it. I just don't, it's not my thing. And so I actually hung out with uh, a guy named Sanders. who's a longtime supporter of strong opinion sports. And he invited me out with his friend. So I watched the Super Bowl. Uh, with Sanders and his friends, they're all, I learned about Arizona um, marching band because every one of his friends, their whole friend group is marching band directors across like the Phoenix area. And they're very competitive. It's like hanging out with all the head coaches, but they're all friends when the season is over. And so it was so interesting to hear like all their perspectives and oh, Sanders is great. And his friend Callie made homemade soft pretzels. And then Sanders made beer cheese and then my favorite person that I watched the Super Bowl with was this guy named Brain, no, Austin, excuse me, Austin. And Austin knew very little about football, 
but that made his commentary even more interesting. Like I, I just, everything Austin had to say was hilarious and funny and it was just a really great time. I really, um, you know, a shout out to Sanders and his group of friends for bringing me in and treating me like one of their own. I had such a good time and I, I wouldn't have wanted to watch maybe with you as the only person I would have rather watch with, but I had the, one of my favorite Super Bowl watching experiences in a long time because of them. And, uh, Oh, it was so much fun. And, and so you had, you had a good place to watch the game. Correct. And you had good food. Yeah, dude. Austin brought sushi. I had beer cheese. I had pretzels. I had so much good food. I had a, a blueberry wheat beer from, it was a big blue van from uh, four peaks brewing. I think, no, no college street brewing, which I think is in the Arizona area. But I had this like blue, I like light fruity beers, you know me. So I have like a blueberry wheat beer and it was, ah, I loved it. It was so happy. I, I had like three of them, which is too much for me. And oh, it was a good time. As long as you didn't dip the sushi in the beer cheese, then we're good. That would be bad. <laughs> that, then that never happened. That would never You're Okay. Have done that. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. What kind of psychopath would dip sushi in the beer cheese? <laughs> I don't know. Just making sure that's where my head went. I got like, can't, can't have that. <laughs> um, I want to start. Let's talk about the game. I have a lot to say. Um, I, I think we need to start here. There have been four moments this year where the NFL has tested me. I love football, but the NFL specifically has made it hard for me to be a fan of them. And, and, one of them's not really fair. The Dar Hamlin moment really jolted my fandom of football. Like I was just watching that live where a guy, you know, died on the field. It was like horrifying. Um, and then watching some of the awful roughing the passer calls really tested my fandom of football. I'm like, God, how is that a flag? That's ridiculous. And then watching the AFC title game two weeks ago against, you know, between Cincinnati and uh, Kansas City. We talked, we broke it all down. I tried to be as fair as I could. And watching Kansas City get a replay on third down was total ridiculousness. But I, tr- I tried. I always try to be really kind to the refs and be fair and give them the benefit of the doubt. And the way this Super Bowl ended, this glorious, really fun game, it was 35-35. And, and the refs made their presence known, but two minutes left and really significantly impacted the game. And I, 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 if you've listened to me for years, you know, my best friend's dad was a ref. Uh, I know how hard it is to be a ref. I I totally always try to be fair. And a game never comes down to one play. But man, holy mother of whatever. I I had I I really just I just deflated as a football fan when the Chiefs got a holding call with two minutes left to give them a first down and it basically allowed them to run at the clock and kick the game and he fell goal with six seconds left. I, I don't know how you continue with this. It's been a year of horrible calls from refs all year long. And this was, man, it, it just broke my spirit a lot. And I, I went to bed exhausted and tired and discouraged. And I'm curious if you share my sentiments. So I, I, I'm glad I had a day to process. Um, and uh, I had an interesting thing happen toward the end of the game before the end of the game, which impacted my experience. But overall, it kind of felt like I had just a fantastic, incredible meal. And then the waiter brought out the best dessert I've ever had and set it before me and then turned and walked away and turned back Columbo style. You ever watch Columbo? No. You got you. It's a, he, he wore a rumpy coat 
Okay. He wore a rumpley coat. He's this cool detective, and he kind of played like an absent-minded detective. And all of a sudden, you know he's interviewing the murderer. And he knows the murderer did it. And then he asks the dumb question, and the murderer's like, ha, ha, I got away. And he walks away from the murderer. And then he turns back, and then you know when he turns back, he's going to ask the question that proves he's a murderer. It's like his signature move. So in my little analogy, the waiter puts his dessert down and says, there he goes, beautiful dessert. And he turns and walks away. Then he turns back, Columbo style, and says, by the way, don't eat that dessert. The chef spit in it. And it's like, oh, even though that's the last few little bit of the meal and the meal was absolutely fantastic, it really soured the experience tremendously. The ribeye was great. You know, the, the appetizers were fantastic. The cocktails were amazing. The wine was good. But the chef spit in the dessert. Oh, that's how I felt. Yeah, it, I, it was such a good game. It, it felt like the that final call for me ruined the experience. And I, I, I hate that that's true. And what, what's really frustrating is I know that people are going to say I'm a, a Chiefs hater and all this stuff. I, I don't care if Kansas City had won. I, I thought it was pretty insane and really cool that Andy Reid beat Philadelphia. Like, that's such a fun story. But, like, when I watched two weeks ago, the Chiefs got this what felt like total can, – can I, can I say – can you bleep me out? Just call that pissed me off. But I, I, I was the in the in the show between you and me, I was the one who was trying to be reasoned and fair. But then for that same team that got a an unfair call, which felt like two weeks ago, to again get a call from the refs, it just tainted the entire Super Bowl for me. And I, I saw Chiefs people celebrating, and I'm like, I I, I don't know, man. And I, I got to give credit to I'll defend Philly, but the Eagles organization, the players, the coaches, they took extreme ownership of what happened and would not make excuses and would not blame the refs. And I really admire them. And I think it speaks a lot about their leadership from Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts and top to bottom, everyone in that locker room, because not a single Eagles player made any excuses after the game. And I I respect them for that. But I'll make the excuses for them. It It was ridiculous to me. And was it technically, technically holding? Yeah, it was. It was holding. Even James Bradbury, the guy who committed holding, would tell you it's holding. But like, how do you rob what could have been like an overtime game from us, the fans. I just felt like it was fr- fr- I love football, man. And I wanted this dramatic fun ending. And instead we got the most anticlimactic ending that felt like BS. And it was really frustrating for me. And I just, Oh man, I, I I'm happy for the chiefs, I guess. Um, it was weird that Patrick Mahomes got MVP. I don't know. Like, I, I don't understand that, really. I guess I had to give it to somebody. I, I thought Kadarius Tony could have probably got MVP with that awesome punt return at the end, plus the go-ahead touchdown. I, I, I like you, just I, – I wish I could look back on the Super Bowl and be like, what a great game it was. Because for, you know, three, three and a half quarters, it was such an incredible game. The final two minutes really ruined it. And I'm like, man, I, I just can't get over it. I, I'm really saddened by it. Yeah, I, I'm – We'll we'll come back to what really um, what really impacted it for me before before that play, um, but I'll always I just think all my life the rest of my life you know if when they say that uh, Patrick Holmes you know he's won uh, you know eight Super Bowls I'll think to myself Patrick Holmes won seven and Patrick Holmes and the refs won one and won one um, it'll always be kind of tainted in my head I may or may not say it out loud but I'll always think two games in a row he got some calls that I just they're just tainted victories to me. I just, if I was a fan, I don't know that I would celebrate loudly. Um, you know, I, I would have been very happy if he had just flat beat them. I would have been excited for him. I picked the Eagles because uh, I thought they were going to win and it would have been fun for me to Jalen Hurts win. But if he did just flat out 
performed. I mean, I like um, Patrick Holmes. He just seems like he loves the game and he plays so excited and so happy. And if he could just beat them and won, I would have been happy for them. And just like you said, happy for Andy Reid. And it would have been a joyous thing, but it just feels tainted to me. And it probably will be. I'll probably always look at the Super Bowl as I saw some really good commercials that I really liked. Um, for comic book movies. Um, I, uh, I I had a fun time. I got to do this episode with you and Patrick Mahomes and the refs beat the Eagles. And I don't know that that's <laughs> entirely true, but that's how it feels. That's how it feels. Yeah. I, I would imagine this is how a lot of people feel about Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady, people call him the luckiest quarterback of all time. And certainly the tuck rule game is probably tainted that Super Bowl that he won right after that. I, 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 you know, there's going to be so much comparison between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. And I, I now empathize a little more with people who hate on Brady and call him lucky. I don't think you got, he got lucky that many times. And I don't think Mahomes gets lucky. Like Mahomes isn't a, he, he dominates. Mahomes is incredible. I want that clear, but this one will always kind of feel like it has an asterisk in my head. Um, I want to just give you a bit of analysis or a, a bit of thought about the comparison between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, because here's an interesting difference to me. Tom Brady felt attainable. Like when I watched Tom Brady play, it was a product of his hard work and preparation. If you prepare hard enough and you work hard enough, you might be able to play like Tom Brady because he had flaws in his game. He was never the fastest. He was never the biggest, the strongest. Tom Brady wasn't a perfect, complete player. Tom Brady was kind of like, maybe Batman's a great analogy. Tom Brady was Batman. Batman didn't have all this... Batman was prepared and did a lot of the work behind the scenes where Superman is kind of overpowered as a superhero. Like, I don't know how anyone beats super Superman, like straight up in a fight because he's stronger. He can fly. He's got x-ray vision. He's got laser beams. Like it's insane how overpowered Superman is. And I mean, I think it makes Superman a less interesting character to watch in comic books or in TV or movies. I've always been more drawn to Batman. who has got flaws and weaknesses than Superman. And Patrick Mahomes to me is such a complete, incredible player and this is a compliment to him he does everything he can run he can throw he can make throws like insane Tom Brady was never going to make a throw falling to his left back across the field to the right and Patrick Mahomes does that on the regular and Patrick Mahomes ran for like a bunch of yards in the Super Bowl stuff that Tom Brady could never do and for me that's actually where Patrick Mahomes loses me is he's actually so gifted and gonna dominate for so many years it kind of makes it less interesting to me and I would go back to this. Patrick Mahomes reminds me of Superman. A, a person without any flaws or weaknesses is less interesting to watch. It, it's actually a compliment to how incredible he is. But I, I just, I no matter how hard you prepare, you're not going to be able to do what Patrick Mahomes does. And you could play like Brady if you prepared hard enough. And that, it may be even another comparison is LeBron James to Steph Curry. Like Steph Curry is shorter and less talented, but he's really good at shooting threes. And that comes from hard work and preparation where, you're not going to be 6'11 and dunk and hit threes like LeBron James unless you're born with that. And some of what Patrick Mahomes does is so gifted and incredible that it actually it, it makes me less interested. And I know that's not entirely fair and Chiefs fans will freak out and get mad at me. But what do you have to say to all that, that philosophy and that theory of Patrick Mahomes is more like, you know, Superman and Brady was more Batman? I think it's definitely how it feels. Um, I also think that it's pretty clear to me, I guess my my own opinion is that um, Patrick Holmes is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Definitely. I, 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 I have super huge admiration for Tom Brady's um, victories. 
uh, and the way he played and his leadership and everything and all the things I love about Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes has. Uh, I just think he's that much better. And it's kind of shocking to me that for such a, a young player who has well, he's been around five years, right? Is that right? Yeah. That, yep. he, that if I've ne- he's the best. Pro- I, and I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever see a better uh, quarterback. It'd be interesting if I did. Um, but he is just incredible. Um, yeah, I just have a lot of admiration and awe, have awe for what he does. Yeah, I want to echo that. Patrick Mahomes, let's be clear, is the best quarterback I've ever seen play football in my entire life. And Tom Brady might have the most accomplishments currently, but Mahomes is way better than Tom Brady ever was. It's it's like, you're right, It's it's it, it leaves you awestruck. You're like, I can't. And it, he's so good, it's inevitable. This is my my fear for the rest of the NFL, his career. Is Burrow's fun and exciting, and Josh Allen's interesting, and Justin Herbert's good, but the reality is Patrick Mahomes is going to dominate this league for years and years and years, and that inevitability kind of it it, it discourages me. It's like, oh man, like is it? Are we really? Is it really like the next ten Super Bowls or whatever? You know, is it really just almost every year going to be Patrick Mahomes? Because it feels that way now. Like I, I worry for Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, the people who, you know, Joe Burrow maybe once in a blue moon is going to get in the way and stop Patrick Mahomes and he'll be the guy instead. But it, right now for the next 10 years, it feels like Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl to lose. And I don't love that. I, I wish it wasn't true. I do love it. Um, because if you think about Tom Brady's career, I have um, three words from you for you. New York Giants. Hmm. So maybe he the lost, moments look he lost yeah. multiple Super Bowls to the stupid New York Giants who who I like now, but at the time I was not like, oh, the Giants could have a chance to win the Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady. Are you kidding me? And they did twice. So the, the unexpected stuff that we can't we can't foresee is what is gonna be interesting in the next ten years. Yeah, and I think that uh, also the NFL's changed a lot and um you know, for example, it would not shock me at all. I would have zero shock if um, we have the exact same Super Bowl next year because I think the way the Eagles responded, I mean, usually you have a big hangover and you're terrible the next year. But the way they respond after the game, like you said, was incredibly emotionally mature. And I think they're just like, we're going to fight and we're going to get back. Um, And, uh, you know, it probably is good that they're going to lose their defensive coordinator because obviously he didn't know how to make halftime adjustments. Um, But I – Am I wrong? Did, did I did I not the, see? I guess the adjustments what, what they was, made made what the was team frustrating. worse. What was frustrating was they, you know, they they call a touchdown. I believe it's to Kadarius Tony where they throw to him wide open in the flat. That gives him a twenty eight twenty seven lead. Do you remember that when Kadarius Tony's wide open on the right flat near the end zone? And yeah, then the very yeah, next corn drive, dog shuttle. Yes. So the very next drive, they did the same thing with I believe Juju Smith Schuster to the left side of the field. And it's like, did you not learn? Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Sky Moore, yeah. It's like, you got to switch. You got to have a guy in the flat and no one's in the flat. And that's a bad coaching point to not, to not like, hey, let's not do that again. Let's expect that. And the Chiefs ran the exact same play basically to the other side of the field and didn't, and once again, we're wide open. That's irritating and frustrating. Um, but but that was good coaching. But back to my point, before we go off on that tangent, because that's a beautiful yeah. tangent, is sure. I think that the, the NFL's changed a little bit than it did years ago, where it's really defense and creativity. And I think the margins are closer than maybe people would like to admit, um, because if they, if he hadn't accidentally dropped that ball, um, then it's a, it's it's they still win. Because then it's a, they still have a seven-point Right. And so I wouldn't be surprised given how creative and everything is, if it's the same, if it's the same battle next, next year, if it's the same battle next year, 
you know, I don't know who I'll pick, but I'm not going to be surprised if either team wins. So I think there's, even though it feels inevitable, I think you're right. There's some inevitability. Um, you know, Thanos like to say I'm inevitable. You know, I love it when Tony Stark said I'm Iron Man. Oh, I absolutely love that. And there's some inevitability. He's almost like Thanos. But I think there's a Tony Stark out there that uh, Joe Burrow or uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, could occasionally take him down. You know, Doctor Strange, you know, held up his finger. There's just there's one shot. And I want to see that one shot. I want to see that that one time that it happens. Yeah, there are occasional moments where Mahomes loses. I mean, he lost. He lost to Tom Brady by a, a ton of points in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Right. So it's not. Every year, but it's it certainly so paired along with that inevitability is that there's going to be occasional moments of Joe Burrow beats him in the AFC title game and he goes to the Super Bowl instead. They lost to the Rams, but last year the Super Bowl is Joe Burrow, not Patrick Mahomes. And there are going to be years where it's the small moments where people catch him that's going to be interesting. Uh, but I, I just I, I want to say this now. I love what you said. You're right. Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen. And it's from all angles. It's leadership. It's his comfortability in the moment. It's the way he can make plays that no one else in the history of the game has been able to make. His ability to read defenses. Like, he, it's so cool. I think this is really easy to kind of overlook. Mahomes has gotten so much better as a player. Like, he really has progressed so far, and it's a testament to what hard work can do. I think that's, Brady was known for hard work because it was obvious I had to work hard to succeed. Patrick Mahomes makes it look so easy. And what I, what I hope doesn't get overlooked is that, Clearly, Mahomes works his tail off to – he just is a master reading defenses. And the rare times he does slip up, he's got the physical tools to um, make stuff work anyway. And Brady never had that. Brady – if Brady made the wrong read, it was over. He would get sacked or throw a pick or was terrible. Mahomes is is just a complete perfect player where if he makes a mistake and makes the wrong read or calls the wrong play or the wrong check the line of scrimmage, he can still – on the fly, make something else happen and reverse pivot or do some kind of crazy stuff. And it's, I just, I, I really hope that my tone in this episode isn't one of disappointment and people take it as I don't like Patrick Mahomes because you're right. It's, I'm in awe of him too. And he does so many things that are just like, how is that even, do you remember that run he had up the middle, like late in the game where you're like, he must have so much cortisol in his in his freaking leg because like, I half time is like limping off the field and by the fourth quarter he's running up the middle for like thirty yards and you're like how is this humanly possible he's an alien he's a superhuman he's Superman and um yeah it's incredible and back to the the inevitable po- inevitability point is how long is Andy Reid going to stay um because I really mm-hmm. think part of his success is Andy Reid well that'll be interesting right like. When Andy Reid does eventually retire, move on, what th- there's going to be an inflection point where we see like what what can Mahomes do without Andy Reid, and that's why I, I've been lobbying for Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, to stick around. Because if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm like I got a great life. We're winning Super Bowls. Get to work with Patrick Mahomes, and someday Andy Reid's going to move on. And why not? Why can't I just be the next guy and we can keep on? You know, we keep, you carry on where we left off. And I love that thought. And I'm curious if, I don't know that Eric Bieniemy is going to leave, at least not this year. And I don't know why he would ever want to leave. I think your life's great. You, you have a good time and you win a lot. Um, it's also worth pointing out. It's funny to see Matt Nagy. Do you remember Matt Nagy, the, the Bears former head coach? He's in the room winning Super Bowl. Like it's so, because he started with Andy Reid. 
became the Bears head coach, didn't work with Trubisky, it, it all failed and blew, fell apart. And then now he's back with Andy Reid and, and winning a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. And it's really cool to see that. Um, remember, he was there when Patrick Mahomes got drafted. I believe Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator at that time. Then he goes to the Bears to work with Trubisky, who famously the Bears picked Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes. And I love the stat that since 2017, when the Bears drafted Trubisky number two overall and didn't draft Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, the Bears have zero playoff wins and Patrick Mahomes has two Super Bowls. But it's kind of an interesting thing to see Matt Nagy, a guy who's got clowned on and hated on a lot. Cool to see him raise the trophy and, and win a Super Bowl too. Um, I'm happy for him. Before I tell you what uh, my sources have told me, Eric Bieniemy, uh, I have special <laughs> news for you. Yeah, your from sources. My sources. Yes, that's right. Uh, can we call uh, them like Martian Manhunter or something? Like, you know, <laughs> they are they're secret sources. No, oh, look, I yeah, can't, I, can't, I can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so uh, let's let's talk about Rocket Money. Okay, um, Rocket Money. Let me let me get this out here. Uh, I've got a question, Dad, and and you know the answer to this. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? Because a lot of people, in fact, 80% of people have subscriptions they have forgotten about. And maybe for you, Dad, it's an Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account you never use. Um, But there's this app I use that helps me track all the money I spend and kind of figure out, like, what exactly am I spending and on what? So I I owe Rocket Money a big thank you for sponsoring this episode. Rocket Money used to be known as Truebill. Now they're Rocket Money. And it shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and then cancels whatever you don't want. And Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you had. Once upon a time, I was subscribed to, um, I forget the name, SoundCloud. And I knew I was subscribed to them, but I couldn't cancel it. They helped me cancel it for me. Um, And it's really simple. You hit the cancel button, and they cancel it for you. They take care of the rest. And uh, I I really like Rocket Money for that. So you can get rid of useless subscriptions now. If you go to rocketmoney.com slash SOS, legit, it could save you hundreds of dollars a year. That's rocketmoney.com slash SOS. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions now at rocketmoney.com slash SOS. Um, in this economy, I love anything that helps you save a buck. And so Rocket Money does that. I think they're a great sponsor. They're great behind the scenes. You've heard the pitch a lot if you listen to the show regularly. I love Rocket Money, and uh, they can help you cancel your subscriptions very easily and save some money. How was that, Dad? I was kind of off guard. I wasn't ready for you to pitch me. The I'm sorry. I, no, you're I'm okay. Sorry. I just, it just I felt like, right. I, I got to go with it. Okay. <laughs> and, and what I like is that um, I, I, behind the scenes, even before I was involved in talking to you, I, I had a hand in helping you with sponsors. And we never had a sponsor that you didn't feel good about, that you didn't believe in. Correct. Um, uh it, and so it just it's fun to me that you have genuine enthusiasm like Rocket Money really did help you. Uh, anyways, it's cool. Well, I got to say, I, I famously have never taken money from a gambling sponsor. And that I, I would love the money would be great. But I, I really struggle with that to sleep at night with that by taking their money. Well, and so and that's the good news about me being in is if we do get a gambling sponsor, I could do the reads. And then the, <laughs> the, the, the wickedness is on me. Oh, um, well, and, and I'm happy to take that money. Yeah, I I'm I feel like I'm not in a position to turn down money at this point in my life. Um, so I'll, I'll take the money, I, I guess. But I I really, I I will pound the table. I've never taken a sponsor from anyone I don't like and and really feel good about. And I'm very proud of okay, that. Okay, well, well, that's that's why I'm here now because I can I can read through the reads for the gambling and to take <laughs> take the burden of the of the, of it on my shoulders. <laughs> and I'll take the money and just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> 
All right. Yeah, we do love Rocket Money. Um, so back to my sources and Eric the Enemy. It, uh, listening around the edges, it is interesting that um, when Andrew was talking about the special plays, including that special play where they got two touchdowns, where there was nobody within 10 yards, which hasn't ever really happened before uh, in the NFL and the Super Bowl, um, not in the NFL, but in the Super Bowl, is that he talked about, well, it, these great plays, my team, they just come from the offense. My, my coach is just so amazing. He never gave credit to Eric Bieniemy. He never gave credit to him. And I think it's fascinating. And I heard some reports that people have interviewed Eric Bieniemy and like, well, he, he was fine, but there wasn't a lot there. So I'm not convinced that Eric Bieniemy um, is necessarily the offensive genius behind all of it. And all of the praise went to Andy Reid uh, for this game and what an offensive genius he is. And I heard lots of people saying it, how magnificent it is. So it makes me wonder, maybe Eric Bieniemy is happy being the offensive coordinator and having behind Andy Reid, and maybe he isn't head coach. Michonne. I don't know. I've never met the man. I have no idea, but I'm just going to be fast to see how that plays out over the next uh, the next few years. I want to make a reference to a movie director. Can I do that? Yeah, Quentin Tarantino. You may or not may or may not know this. He did not write Pulp Fiction by himself. Did you know that? He co-wrote Pulp I Fiction. I did not. He won the best written whatever the Oscar is for best writing. He won it with someone else, a guy named Austin or Aaron. I can't remember the guy's name. Something else. But Tarantino over the years has mentioned him less and less. And, and then eventually in re-releasing Pulp Fiction even says like written by Tarantino. And that's the only name you see. And it's like, uh, dude, you didn't write the movie by yourself. My point is Tarantino over the years has kind of seems like he's kind of bought into his own hype and become a bit of an egomaniac. And it's been a roller coaster. And he was for a while. Maybe he's not now. I don't know the updated drama, but for a while it felt like Tarantino was taking credit happily solely and it made me feel like he was an egomaniac a little bit. I don't get the sense that Andy Reid is an egomaniac. I think I no, not like at not, all. So not I, at all. I don't think Andy Reid is stealing someone else's glory. I think Andy Reid genuinely is the mastermind, and I think he he hires people that are smart to contribute. But we saw Matt Nagy on his own in Chicago, and it was awful. Like Matt Nagy left Andy Reid and wasn't as good, and. That's one little small example, but I think the the this special sauce in Kansas City, it helps to have Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback for you. But Andy Reid's the guy. He's the guy who creates all this stuff and the mastermind behind the scenes. And I wouldn't be I know your your quote sources. It's it's just speculation, but I, I kinda it makes sense to me uh, that I, I, I hear what you're saying. And it's not there's not no reason why Eric B never been hired. Like, you know what I mean? It's been years now. He's interviewed a lot and there's something there. Yeah. So I have a crazy fan question for you. You know, my crazy football fan, not really an analyst sure. question. Uh, and I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm not trying to be provocative or ask a crazy, you know, it's not a hot take. It's a sincere question. And I have a perspective, uh, which could be ludicrous. It's entirely possible. Okay. It is. Um, but who played better this game, uh, Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes? Who was the better quarterback oh, this game? Um, well, I have their stats in front of me. Can I read them? I think that gives a little bit of context. Okay. Yeah. I don't, stats aren't everything. Yeah. Um, let's be clear about that. But Patrick Mahomes is 21 for 27 passing with 182 yards and three touchdowns. He also ran for 44 yards. He won the MVP. Jalen Hurts was 27 for 38 passing for 304 yards, one touchdown pass. He also ran for 70 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, 
so I think, but, but Jalen Hurts had a key fumble that I, you could argue cost his team the game. It was the difference in the game. Um, I don't know that one was better than the other because for part of what, part of why Mahomes' stats are a little bit lower is simply because he wasn't on the field as much. Like in the first half, Philadelphia had the ball the entire time and one of the touchdowns scored was on defense. So like that was enough. It was like 23 minutes or something in a row that Mahomes wasn't even on the field. And then even in the second half, Kadarius Tony had this like 65 yard kick return. So Mahomes had to do very little to win this game, in my opinion. Um, that's not a knock on Mahomes. It's just he had fewer opportunities, if that makes sense. Now, that's that's all the context required. To me, the answer is Jalen Hurts played a better game. Jalen Hurts was the star. And if nothing else, I think Jalen Hurts really impressed, hopefully impressed a lot of people and made people go, oh, this guy's not a bum after all. Because I think still, even to this day, or even up until the game, people thought Jalen Hurts was carried by a really good roster. And we saw Jalen Hurts rise to the occasion in the Super Bowl. And I think go blow for blow with Patrick Mahomes and, and really uh, fall in stride. And you said something earlier that, a play here and there, Philadelphia wins this game. And that that says something to me. Like, if you can hold your own against Patrick Mahomes, that's not nothing to me. And so I think Jalen Hurts played a better game. I It was weird to me Patrick Mahomes got the MVP. I, I thought that I, you can't give the MVP to the losing player. But this is where the refs really frustrated me. The refs make this call. It allows Kansas City to run up the clock. I was convinced that if... Kansas City got stopped because they did get stopped on third down. It's fourth down, fourth and long. They would have kicked a field goal, had a 38 to 35 lead. Jalen Hurts with the ball and two minutes left. I was convinced he's at least going to drive down the field and kick a field goal because Casey had not been able to stop Jalen Hurts all game long. The only time they stopped him was when he fumbled. So, I, I, man, I'm really disappointed we didn't get to see Jalen Hurts with the ball in the final two minutes and an opportunity to drive down the field. That's just why I hate the way this game ended is – it felt like the refs decided it rather than giving Jalen Hurts a final opportunity. I just spewed a lot of information at you. What what say you? I, I just think Jalen Hurts played out of his mind. Um, and he did have that fumble, which was unfortunate. Uh, but for me, uh, from where I sit as a Kulu's fan, Jalen Hurts played better football. He was a better quarterback than Patrick Holmes. And I think part of it is Patrick Holmes just didn't have a lot of opportunities. Um, and I think the differences in the game, the reason the, for me, the reason that the, um, the chiefs won was not Patrick Mahomes, but it was the Eagles defense was blowing chunks and doing absolutely terrible. And then two particular plays that were mind blowingly incredible. Um, and what softened the blow for me for, for the, be not just losing my mind when that flag was called is at, uh, with nine minutes and 22 seconds left in the game, I sent out a tweet on my Twitter account. Obviously, that's where you send tweets. I didn't do a tweet on my Instagram. Um, and I said, you know, uh, see, what did I say? Let me make sure I get it right. Um, I want to get it exactly right. I feel like you now looking up while wow, we're stalling for time. Um, <laughs> it's fun to watch you scramble. Uh, <laughs> my tweet said, um, and with nine minutes and 22 seconds left of the game, Kansas City has won Super Bowl 57. Put a fork in Philly, they are done. And then I put a little tear face because I'm not rejoicing over this. I'm sad about it. Um, and so I'd already, I already was convinced it's over at nine because they already they scored that touchdown. The defense was playing terrible up to that point. The guy was more than ten yards open. Um, uh, uh, Cladarius jumped Tony, and it was awful. And I'm like, okay, it's over. And they're not, they're not. There's, there's no way. There's no way that they can win. Um, 
the Eagles because the defense is doing too bad and uh, the Fort, uh, the Chiefs have their number. And so that's why I didn't lose my mind. It's like, yeah, of course, of course. It's just not going to happen. Mm. Now I was discouraged. I wasn't happy about that. But I, I knew at nine minutes and 22 seconds left in the game, it was over. Done, done dinner. Mm. Yeah, I expected Mahomes to do something interesting in the fourth quarter. I thought I thought Mahomes' best game or best ball was played in the fourth quarter. Um, it's I like what you said. The Chiefs didn't win because of Mahomes. They won because of a huge punt return, a defensive touchdown. But uh, you know, Mahomes made some big plays. Like, let's let's say that. But w- why did the Eagles have thirty five points? Why were the Eagles in this game? It wasn't because of their defense. It wasn't because of their special teams. It was because of their quarterback. And I, that's what, like, who was more valuable to their team on Super Bowl Sunday? I think actually Jalen Hurts, which is like a crazy. How cool is that to be able to say that, by the way, that Jalen Hurts might have even outperformed Patrick Mahomes is a it's a it's a wild thing to be able to say, because to me, it's true. Um, and I the the I have no problem with Mahomes winning. I'm happy he won. He also he had six incompletions on the day. Like he he played a pretty flawless football game, uh, like um, nearly mistake free, which is like really really hard to do. But I don't understand why Mahomes won the MVP. That's like a really weird thing that's going to stick with me for a long time. I guess they just didn't know who to give it to. But I, I got the name written down. Um, Nick Bolton had the defensive touchdown for Kansas City. I thought he maybe should have won the MVP. I thought that Gadarius Tony the go ahead touchdown. He only had one catch, though, for five yards, so I get why like his stats aren't big. He also had that massive punt return for 65 yards that set up KC's second touchdown in the fourth quarter. Um, I I just, maybe because there was no one obvious to give it to, they gave it to Patrick Mahomes because, like, by default, you give it to the winning quarterback. But I just thought it was weird Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. I don't know if you share that sentiment. If the Eagles had won, it would have been clearly Jalen Hurts. Yeah. But, like, was it was Mahomes the most valuable player to Kansas City? I, I guess? I I don't know who else you give it to. I think he was when you, I, I think he was, if you think about Aaron Rodgers, you know that I was going to weave Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, into you always find a way. To. Because uh, when they were, when I find a way, oh, when, when yeah. I can't wait till we talk about the, in the, the darkness retreat. But <laughs> if you think about how they, 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 it, it was not till nine minutes and 22 seconds left in the game that they're roughly that they went, they, they, they took the lead. So they were down first, second, quarter, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and on the sidelines consistently, you saw him encouraging his team. Mm. And so I don't know that his value is necessarily in the stats for this game, but I think he his team won, so you're not going to give it to a losing team's player. And if his team won, I think he is the most valuable player on his team, even though he's not the reason necessarily as far as stats go that they won. I don't know if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, well, I think that's that's another... He's their leader. He's their inspiration. He kept him in the game. Well, that's another way Mahomes is just incredible, man. Like, he he's such a good leader. He's so young and he's still like, I get it. He's, he's won MVPs. He's won a Super Bowl. Like part of that success leads to people looking to you. But when they look to Patrick Mahomes, he's exactly what they need. Like he steers the ship. He's the captain. He's so calm. He's collected. He's encouraging. He never loses faith. Like I, I really love that. I think, you know, Mahomes is so talented. It does so many eye popping highlight level plays that I think the things about him that are easy to forget are his hard work, his preparation, and his leadership. And it's – I just tip my cap. I, I really – I know we – I worry sometimes that people think I hate Patrick Mahomes, and it just couldn't be further from the truth. 
he's just he's so good. I almost like I'm just kind of what do, what do you talk about other than you can't you can't praise the guy for the same thing after after every game. You know what I mean? Like after a while, it's like I've said all this before, but I don't think some of this I've ever said. Like his leadership blows me away, man. And I, I really um, it's awesome. I'm I, I I'm in awe of him. And just so we're clear, the reason I I, I mentioned Aaron Rodgers because he is a terrible leader, and he should take lessons oh. in the Patrick Holmes School of Leadership. Yeah, um, and it. I get so sick and tired of people saying Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback when you think of people like Tom Brady, who doesn't have as many skills maybe as Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Holmes, who's a better leader, and Patrick Holmes who's a better leader and has more skills than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Anyways, can, can um, I say this, man? You let me say this. So. What? Not a, I'm not gonna ignore everything you said about Aaron Rodgers. Just let you hang yourself. Okay, have fun with that. But but uh, I think the rivalry in the AFC was expected to be Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Correct. The real rivalry in the AFC is yes, not by not by me. Yeah, but by a, a lot, lot of people, people like after that game they played last year where it went to overtime and Josh Allen never had the ball back. People felt like it's Mahomes and Josh Allen. But to me. The real rivalry in the AFC is Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. And the other great leader that rallies his troops is Joe yeah. Burrow. And like, I, I just, that's a thing when you look to the next 10 years of football, with Patrick Mahomes is it's, it's Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady. It's Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. That's the, the two guys that are going to be battling for the top of the AFC, in my opinion. And I, I couldn't be more excited about it because it's going to be legendary battles for years and years to come. And then occasionally Herbert or Josh Allen will challenge him too. So I just want to prepare. I think we should talk about um, better help. And then I'm going to give you the lowdown from my sources on the corn dog shuttle. The corn dog shuttle. Is that what, they, I thought it was just corn the dog. Corn dog thought, shuttle. Is shuttle also part of the name of that play? Yes, okay. it is. Um, this episode is brought to you by better help. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash Shomler. Strong Opinion Sports is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, I want to talk about this a little bit because to me, BetterHelp is my dream sponsor. It's actually a sponsor I've been wanting for years and years and years. Um, I've always done the speech, you know, if you're struggling, go get help. And I talk about uh, my brother Zane, who... um, February 8, 2016 was a really dark day in my life and my dad's life. My brother committed suicide. Um, and I've, I've always wished that Zane had spoken up and gotten help rather than suffering in silence. And so um, I just encourage you, if you're struggling, go get help. Please go get professional help from somebody. And the reason why BetterHelp is a dream sponsor to me is because in America, unfortunately, therapy is really hard to come by. It's it's you need It requires finances and a lot of uh, insurance and there's all this nonsense and it, it frustrates me so much that people getting the help they need psychologically is put behind this this wall and walled off to a lot of people and to me better help is great because it makes therapy affordable or much more affordable than a traditional form of therapy and to me that's a godsend that's what the world really needs and so this is my favorite sponsor I've ever gotten in my entire life it's very meaningful to me if you're struggling, go get help and literally go use BetterHelp. And it's as a guy who's gotten therapy myself, BetterHelp is so much cheaper than every other alternative out there. And if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Shomler. Get 10% off your first month. So using this promo code, you can make it even cheaper 
Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash Shomler. Uh, I want to hear from my dad. What do you say about BetterHelp, Dad? I, th- I think it is amazing for people to have a resource to find a, a counselor near them, a therapist near someone that will help them. Um, I've had lots of counseling in my life. It's been super helpful at different different chapters or different things in my life. Uh, you mentioned Zane passing. After Zane passing, um, you know, someone said I needed to go to a grief counselor, and I had I had taught grieving professionally. Um, you had in your head when Zane passed the thing you'd heard me teach about grieving, uh, and I thought, well. Uh, okay, I guess I'll, I, I mean, I, I believe in counseling and I've been through a traumatic event. I didn't have that word then, but I've been through a tough event. I'm deeply grieving. I might as well go to a grief counselor. It made sense, but I wasn't like, oh, yeah, of course I need a grief counselor. Went to a grief counselor and I was blown away at the things I learned and how incredibly helpful it was to see a specific counselor, a specific thing like grief. And so to have a sponsor that is all about that and that kind of mental health, you know, I talked to a, um, uh, talked to a, 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 a young man this week, um, a content creator, and it was, they're younger like you. And they reached out to me and we've talked in the past and they were just peacefully saying, I've had some mental health issues lately, but I'm getting counseling. I'm dealing with it. And I was so thrilled that your generation is way healthier about all that than my generation and, and open to doing it. Um, and so to have a resource that we can make available to people where they can get a good counselor to them, a good therapist to them, I think it's absolutely fun. I got to say, um, and I, I, I would like to say this one way that therapy helps me, uh, and it's the thing I'm still working on. This is the thing I've, I have not mastered yet. I, I, I try to be a very positive person, very kind. I always, I treat other people very, very well. I have never left a negative YouTube comment in my entire life. I just don't do it. I, I don't, I don't know why anyone would. And yet I regularly deal with that where people say all this horrible, mean stuff to me. And not only – I think you saw this guy, Ben, the other day said some awful stuff. And I imagine that, but also people DMing you that same stuff. That happens to me on Instagram all the time. People send me all kinds of – they think they know my life. They're telling me what to do, all this stuff. And I, I get almost like a feedback overload. That's why – hanging out with Sanders and his friends at the Super Bowl is so cool because it gave me hope in humanity again. Like, oh, there are nice people out there listening to my content, right? Um, and therapy really has helped me, and I'm still working on it. It really bothers me when people are mean to me online. I, d- I don't understand it because I'm never mean to anybody online. I try to be nice and kind and positive, and it, it hurts my heart a lot when people are mean to me. Um, and so that's one way I've used therapy and one thing I, I've been working on. Uh, and still I'm working on it. It's still a process for me. I still get hooked. It still bothers me. It hurts my heart. Um, but I, I know that there are things yeah. out there that hurt other people and that's stuff you can deal with. And, and another thing out there is that if you get a therapist and you're not vibing, eh, get the next one. Like you you can move on from one therapist to another. And I, I had to try like three or four before I found, I, it was actually, it was three. I'm on number four now before I found the one that worked for me. And I encourage people, it's okay to say this, this person and I aren't connecting. I need a different person. And eventually you find the right fit for you. Um, but again, that's betterhelp.com slash Shamla for 10% off your first month. And I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. They are like literally my dream sponsor. Do you have anything else to say, Dad? Uh, no, I just uh, completely agree with your wisdom there. If you don't, just because you didn't connect with your counselor doesn't mean counseling or your therapist or doesn't mean counseling or therapy is not for you. It just means you didn't have a good connection with that person. Because um, I've had, I've been blessed to have some incredible uh, therapists in my life that have been super helpful to me. And I don't know if I'd have been as real and transparent if I didn't have a connection with them. So I, I think that wisdom you shared is really good. You ready for the corn dog shuttle? Yeah. Can I say one more thing? 
you mentioned our generation and yeah. I, I, I try to, as a creator, share what I deal with. And I, it bothers me when people don't like a lot of Instagram people are very, they don't, they don't openly talk about what they're going through. And I, I try to just share my highs and my lows and for better or worse, I wish more people did that and were more open about what they're struggling with rather than it's always great all the time. Cause it's not great all the time. So anyway, tell me about the corn dog shuttle. Is that, that what you said? Yep. Well, I just want to, I, I agree. Like when I do my, um, my, my Instagram stories, I try to be really transparent and real about the highs and the lows of my journey. Um, and it feels safer to me to be real there, um, uh, because it disappears magically after 24 hours. Um, but I'm generally an, an encouraging positive person. Um, but I, so when people only see my posts and then they start watching my story and they talk about having a rough day and struggles, that kind of like freaks them out at first because they're not used to me sharing that. Um, but I think it's really important that we normalize that's why I did the post, uh, you know, on February 8th this year, you know, I, I struggled to post about Zane, but I did it because I want to normalize grieving its process. And the past two years, 2020 and 2021, 22, the anniversary of Zane's passing was as big a deal this year. It was, it was brutal. And that's kind of how grieving is. It's waves, it's highs, it's lows. And I want to normalize that. And so I think it's really important. You know, we all face hard times. We all have stuff. It's not all just beautiful, you know, tiptoe through the tulips. And it's okay to need help. <clears throat> oh it's 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 yeah it's way more than okay i mean we definitely need help i i have gotten help in so many different areas um i'm just grateful that's part of my journey i don't think i would have survived my childhood if i hadn't gotten a lot of counseling in my 20s for uh, i had like four or five years of counseling in my 20s to survive the misery in my childhood okay corn dog shuttle now do, do the beauty of a myth zach a myth or a legend um, is there's truth in there somewhere, somewhere like you, you've seen, um, have you seen any movies? Uh, oh, you've seen Robin Hood movies, right? Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've seen Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you've seen King Arthur movies, Correct. right? Yes. And, and so there's, there's some, there's some truth in there somewhere. I may not know what it is. I don't know. We really know what, but there's something that inspired it. So I'm going to share with you stuff that may actually be legend. And we may not know, actually know until we get Patrick Holmes 30 for 30. But I think, I think I actually have a lot of fact in here. Can I, can I just take a side tangent real thinking? quick? I'm so sorry to derail you. But you mentioned legend and I, it makes me, no, I'm it makes me think of dragons. Like dragons exist in so many cultures everywhere. And I'm like, that came from somewhere, right? Like there, it can't be possible that people in all different parts of the globe all have, have like dragons in their mythology and in their writing and their pictures and on their walls of like their caves and stuff. I'm like, where did they come from? I always like, that's the one that if there's a myth out there that I'm I kind of like, what's the truth behind the myth? I want to know about dragons because how did the Chinese and the British and the Native Americans and people all over the planet talk about dragons all independently? It makes no sense to me. And I'm like, I have so many questions. Sorry. I just had to throw it out there because my brain went there. <laughs> So this actually happened to me on on Saturday, on Sunday, Super Bowl. I, this okay. is real. I'm not making okay. this up. One of the snacks I had was Sasquatch potato chips. They're like Tim's Cascade, you know, or uh, cut, uh, Kettle. I got to get the picture of them. But I actually had, in fact, I'm going to look up the photo right now. Um, uh, you've never heard of this, No, Sasquatch potato chips. No. I, I've never heard of that in my life. Are they good? Oh, what yeah. flavor? Oh, yeah. They, yeah, I'll just a second. Just a, I'm almost are you here. texting it? Here we go. They are. Um, they're Tim's Cascade style. 
Sasquatch surprise potato chips. And yes, they tasted exactly like Bigfoot. It was incredible. <laughs> I don't want to eat Bigfoot. Uh, yeah, that sounds horrible. Is, is, I, I would imagine he's moldy and smelly. I have always, he's like a sloth in my head. He's always been that kind of character to me. <laughs> No, he moves way fast. He moves oh, way fast. That's why we've never what seen him. He's about? so fast, you've never seen Big him. Bigfoot move. Anyway, you're talking about corn dog or something. That's right. <laughs> yes, the corn dog shuttle. I'm trying to send you these things and it won't let me. Oh, well, I'm going to, I can't figure that out. I'm not that smart <laughs> enough right now. Uh, to Zag. Send. There we go. Okay, it's Texy. Okay, corn dog shuttle. So there's some truth in here. I think actually truth in there. So do you know where that? So that was there was two plays. That play, and then the next time that oh, when Sky Moore scored a touchdown, that was the um, tent F shuttle play. Very very similar to the corn dog shuttle, but not the exact same play. But you know where that where the Chiefs allegedly got the idea from that from? Where? They were playing the Buffalo Bills, Week Five road game during the 2021 season. The Buffalo Bills were leading um, 30 to 20, and they ran a play almost exactly like it. Hmm. And so reason that so then the next year they start practicing, they start practicing the next year. Uh, the Chiefs do. They're going to make their own play with it and they start running it. And basically it's a, um, you know, it's a corner drag play. And so corner drag kind of taken down to be corn and because they like food drag became dog and then the coaches like to have airplane stuff and since in this play you run in and then you run back out to where you just came from right and what what air, airplane does that what airplane goes back where they came from the space shuttle and so that's what became the corn dog shuttle and it's there was a tendency they observed on the on the defenses, they would over, they would over pursue. They would kind of cheat a little and bite on it. When someone goes off, they all take off, and that gave them the advantage. And so that was easy for the um, the, the game plan, which is a brilliant game plan to call that play for the Chiefs to as soon as he, just as he's about to. He, then he turns and snap it before the guy can adjust back, and that's why you had someone wide open. And then they did it on the other side to mess with someone on the other side, and I think they just weren't prepared for it. Yeah, it's and it's a very similar looking play, but the the second one is allegedly called. If I if my sources are right, they called me you know last night after the game to go over. It. We had about an hour session. Uh, tent F shuttle. So you're uh, and I just those that play. Go ahead. Well, no, the, I go ahead. I sorry. No, that play when that first one happened, that's what like okay, that's it. They they are going to win this game. That those two plays, I, I think, and the um, uh, the amazing um. Uh, field goal return that um, uh, the punt uh, return by uh, Kadarius Tony. Tony, Tony had. Yes, I think those are the things that really made the difference for them incredibly well, and I think that was coaching. That was incredible. The, whoever called those two plays at that moment, at that point, was a group decision. Whoever did it, uh, I, I think that just total. And there was the defense is not prepared, not at so all. So Philly's coaching staff. Uh, this kind of falls on Jonathan Gannon, the the defensive coordinator, to some degree. All year on film, you're trying to fight it. You're, you're trying to fight your tendencies where you see stuff. Hey, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves at risk with this tendency where we're not switching and going to the flat, little things like that. Philadelphia caught on to something that, sorry, Kansas city caught on to something Philly wasn't doing very well. And Philly wasn't prepared and, and didn't even seem aware of that flaw in their, their system that they had this tendency to over pursue and not play the flat and not switch there. Um, and it, it goes to coaching really to, it's a hard thing to, to be aware of every little thing you're doing wrong, but 
all year you watch film and you go, ah, you know, hey, I know it worked this time, but we got to switch there. Like there are times you get away with something and it's the kind of thing on film where you see Philly probably got away with it all year. And clearly it was a weakness for them. And the coaches probably didn't fire hard enough to say like, no, we, we really can't do that. We have to do a better job of switching and getting to the flat. And Casey exploited that. And it's kind of, it's unfortunate, but those little tiny details, it really does matter. Like baseball gets called the thinking man's game all the time. And that's just not true anymore. To me, football is the ultimate thinking man's game. There's so much strategy and it's really, there's so much chess behind the scenes that goes on. And that's a small way that Andy Reid is just like the best we've ever seen at chess, man. He's just so good at exploiting defenses. And I, 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 one of the things I thought as I was watching the game, and I almost texted it to you, is I really think that um, uh, uh, halftime adjustments are going to be a big issue. And I knew for certain that uh, the Chiefs were going to do halftime adjustments, and I wondered what kind of halftime adjustments the Eagles were going to do. And it seems like, and it makes sense to me, I'm not being critical, that the the Eagles made no defensive halftime adjustments, but they kind of didn't need to. The first half they were dominating. Um and so they kind of didn't make any. It's almost like they needed to call a timeout, you know, halfway through the third quarter and make their and, and make their adjustments. Well, then the Eagles um, defense wasn't really on they, the they, field they, in the first just, half. Like the Eagles defense, it's there's so few opportunities. Like Patrick Mahomes was seven for ten or something at halftime. Like he barely threw the football. And, and so I just think that it's just it's unfortunate that this it just seemed like they just played terrible. They just played terrible. Uh, the second half, and I just I, I was feeling bad about how the defense was playing before that 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 play, before that touchdown. I just didn't feel good about it, um, and I just wonder. You know, I saw a report that um, that Gannon is in, was going to in today's Monday night. We're recording this, so we're recording the day after the Super Bowl. And I saw a report that Monday morning he's going to be interviewing with um, the Arizona Cardinals, so he can go there and uh, lose games and be their head coach. And if he if that's already scheduled, I just wonder if he was distracted. Um, you know, and he's got the game's over and he's got to leave and get on a plane and get to Arizona or get on a private jet and get to Arizona in the morning or something. Um, and I just wonder, I just wonder if he was distracted. I don't know, but I was disappointed in the defense. I wonder if Jonathan Gannon just stayed in Arizona. Super Bowl is here. Oh, he's already there. You're right. What did I, but yeah, like, what did I mean? But how, I'm how sorry. weird is just, that for a guy to not fly home with the team? You know, it's interesting. I guess you go your separate ways after the Super Bowl is over, but it's interesting. Like he, he just stayed. I'm sure he stayed in in the in Scotts in Glendale area. Um, yeah, I, I didn't mean fly. I knew he was there. So I was I, was, I misspoke. Yeah. But I just think he that was already obviously scheduled, and so he it was already in his head. I just wonder was he distracted? I don't know because it. Did, did you think that the defense played? Do you think that the Chiefs' offense was amazing, or do you think the Eagles' defense fell down? Yeah, to me, it's a bit of both. I think it's both deserve um, equal credit. Like. The Chiefs just at some point in the last two weeks saw some stuff on film they could exploit and they were aware of it and Philly wasn't. And that, that comes down to um, it's the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. I, I got a great comparison. I, I always wonder about this because you see coaches playing in the Super Bowl that are also scheduling interviews to become head coaches and do all this stuff. I hate it. And it's not college football. In college football, you you leave and you got a bowl game, but you skip the bowl game because you get into recruiting immediately. Hey, there's no recruiting in the NFL in February. So why are you in such a hurry to leave the team you're on to go to the next opportunity? I I think out of respect, if a team's gonna hire if I'm if I'm the defensive coordinator playing in the Super Bowl and a team wants to hire me, I say, Hey, 
do you got to respect me here. I'm playing the Super Bowl. Let's talk afterward. If you really want to hire me, great. But like, I, if I was coaching in the Super Bowl, I'd say, talk to me after the Super Bowl. Let's figure this out later. I'm fully focused on this. And that's what I would want from a guy who hires my head coach. I want absolute focus. So I've never understood so, why so, that happens. Like, so, so some people would say that's exactly what Gannon did. So I just want to clarify. You mean my umbrage is Gannon probably already had the appointment set. You're saying Gannon shouldn't even talk to them. Tell his agent, look, do not talk about any offers until after the Super Bowl. You yeah. can call me a half hour after the game's over. So you're saying what Gannon did is not what you're talking about. You're talking about Gannon shouldn't even know about that offer until the game's over. Yeah, I'd say like the interest. Or like, hey, the team reaches out. Tell my agent, great. Tell them to talk to me after the Super Bowl. Hang up the phone. I'd be so aggressively like, don't talk to me till after the game. If you want to hire, like, why would you want to hire someone who's potentially going to have divided attention in a massive moment? Isn't that, does that, am I making sense? Like the Cardinals want to find a head coach. Great. But do you want to find a head coach who may or may not be distracted in the biggest moment of their lives? Like, I've never understood that. Like why I, I don't, I'm, and it's maybe not um, possible because it's a business. You got to hire the right guy, all this stuff, but I've never understood why NFL teams can't just leave the coaches that are coaching in the Super Bowl alone. Like, and well, I understand why they won't leave them alone because they're they're in it for themselves. Yeah. They the Cardinals could care less about the Eagles. They want their coach. Yeah. What I don't understand, I, I I I kind of understand. There's millions and millions and millions of dollars on the line, but why the agent can't say, "Hey, he's willing to talk to you after the Super Bowl." The and, team would and just, that. I would just tell my agent, "Look, I would think a team. Some teams would. Some teams will hire someone else. But if you don't respect me playing in the Super Bowl, I don't want to work for you. Does that make sense?" Like I I, if I'm going to be employed yep. by you, yep. you better respect that I'm playing in the biggest game of my entire life. Screw off for a couple weeks. Let's talk afterward. If you really want me that bad, I'll still we'll still figure it out after the Super Bowl. And if you hire the next guy, that's great. But I'm I'm fully focused on my mission. The best analogy I can make: uh, I played quarterback in college, and there was a quarterback at a rival college who made these like game day vlogs, like the day of the game. He was making a YouTube video and filming it and all this stuff. And I hated it. I'm like, dude, you're playing in a game. Like you should be focused on the game, not the video. And he was the backup quarterback for a reason. Cause he was always distracted and doing all this other crap. And he went on this tangent one time talking about how I was totally wrong. And all of a sudden I'm like, dude, I, I can't fathom how you're not more focused on the production of a YouTube video than the game, the day of your game, if you're making a video about it. I've always hated that stuff. And I I just, maybe it's because I, I have tunnel vision. I can only focus on one thing at a time. But I never understand why coaches allow themselves to do all this. Like, you're flying out the Monday of the Super Bowl. Like, because there were coaches interviewing leading up to the Super Bowl, too. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I, I would be in the film room working and preparing. It's only going to happen once. I, I don't know if that makes any sense. Maybe... I don't know. It, it's hard to criticize what another man does. And you're also maybe winning a Super Bowl is a similarly once in a lifetime opportunity to becoming an NFL head coach. But I just, man, I don't know. I would want to win that big game and I would not want to let anything else distract me from that sole focus. So a preview of next uh, our next episode that we talked about. Um, I really hope that Gannon goes to Arizona because uh, the best thing Carl America could have is a defensive minded head coach. How great is that for him? Um, uh, but, but next, next episode, 540, we're going to talk about, hopefully it'll be next few days. There'll be a lot of, uh, play, uh, positions down to coaches we talk about and 
we're going to get to something I absolutely love. I know it causes you some heartburn, um, but uh, YouTube comments. Uh, you mentioned Ben, Ben Benjamin. Uh, we're going to break down his stuff. We're going to just spend three or four minutes on it. Uh, but since he commented on Strong Opinion Sports, man, I'm ready to give my perspective on it. You can just smile and nod and say, my dad's out of his mind. He's a lunatic. I'm sorry. Um, and I know that for you, a lot of your deep personal stuff you cover on Zach Schaumler Talking, uh, that's your uh, YouTube channel and podcast. You know, I'm old, so I think it's a YouTube show and a podcast, which means people can watch Zach Schaumler talking in YouTube, or they can listen to it. They can find it on a podcast outlet like iHeartRadio or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. So you put a lot of personal stuff on Zach Schaumler talking. But we'll spend a few minutes on uh, on Ben's comments. Uh, there is a, uh, I, I hate to say this, I can't, but there is a cool amazing Dallas Cowboys fan that I want to talk about that's made some comments lately um, that actually like makes me feel good about the Cowboys. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, so we'll have fun talking about personnel moves and, um, and you at strong opinion sports, YouTube comments. And by the way, if you're a po- if you listen on, on a podcast, if, go ahead. What? It sounds like you're wrapping up. Um, let me say this. We'll talk about. Not the show. Oh, not, not, not the show. Go ahead then. No, uh, no, not so. I was just giving a preview of next oh, week, cool. and then I was going to talk about some fun things. Okay, uh, but if you, if you listen on a podcast and you feel left out, it's like I don't, well, I'm not going to go on YouTube and comment. I listen on Apple or Spotify or iHeartRadio. You can go to the Strong Opinion Sports YouTube or Instagram account, and you can leave comments there. Um, and if you leave snarky comments there, I'm happy to respond and, and occasionally uh, tackle some of them on the show. Because while it causes that heartache, I actually love it. I think it's fun sport. Um, just don't criticize my hair, man. I, I just, I can't handle it. That would be too much for me. All right. Uh, did you ready to talk about, um, some of the, uh, your favorite commercials or do you have some else football? No, part for, for, for me, the Super Bowl. I want to talk about commercials. I want to talk about the halftime show. Like the, I, I can even, I'd love to talk about Brian Flores if we get to it. Cause we didn't last week and I feel guilty. We didn't talk about it last week, but if we don't get to Brian Flores, it's fine. We got to talk about the halftime show. We can get to him next week. We can yeah, get yeah. to him next week. Okay. Yeah. Now you've gotten in trouble in the past for talking about halftime shows. Um, uh, so you be careful. What can I say? Uh, By so the there way, was we were watching the Super Bowl. Sanders and his friends, and these are people that got master's degrees in music. These are people that like know music really well. They also agreed that the weekend wasn't a legendary performance, and he sounded terrible. So. I don't care. I made up that video. Got like a hundred thousand views. I got attacked for criticizing the weekend Super Bowl performance. I, I will die on this hill forever. It wasn't an all time great performance. It was fine. It sounded terrible and it was cool production to see in his hand. He spent a lot of money and it was hard with the Rona, but I, what can I just say that Rihanna killed it? Rihanna was un freaking believable. It was simple. It was beautiful. I like that there was no gimmicks. There was no like guest star. There was, I thought Justin Timberlake was going to walk out maybe. And there was none of that. Like it was just Rihanna sounding incredible and dominating. And I, that that's a, to me, that's my favorite Super Bowl performance I've ever seen. It actually beat out the one last year with Eminem and 50 cent and uh, Dr. Dre last year was great, but more gimmicky this year's Super Bowl performance was just like, it was like vanilla. It was like the best vanilla ice cream we've ever had. It was perfect. It's like, we don't need all this crazy nonsense. We just need Rihanna sounding amazing on what looked like a Smash Bros stage. <laughs> and I like the puffy jackets, but to me, it just, it's, it was incredible. She's saying every song I love by her. She sounded amazing. I want to hear your opinion. But to me, this was my all-time favorite Super Bowl. And it, it actually, Super Bowl halftime show. And it actually beat out last year, which I didn't think was possible. 
Yeah, I think the idea that it'd be at last year is you're out of your ever-loving mind, but that's okay. I loved last year, and that's not even necessarily my primary style. I liked that music last year. I didn't. I don't know it as well as other styles of music, but I absolutely loved last year when 50 Cent came out of the rafters and unfurled himself hanging upside down. Come on, that is amazing. I, I, I absolutely loved last year. Um, now, you've seen um, the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yes. With Gene Wilder. Yeah, it just seemed to me. I, I, I was just, yeah, Gene Wilder. Yeah, I was just chuckling the whole time because it just seemed like she was dancing with a bunch of oopaloopas. Just that's that's where my head went. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I saw this really cool meme. They had a um, a little beam uh, up, an elevated beam with a little red gummy bear on top, and then down below uh, they had a bunch of white marshmallows. Um, and it just cracked up and made me marshmallows. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I um. I, I like her music. I love she played a lot of the songs I know and that I enjoy. Some of her, I've got a, a playlist, my motivational playlist, and like Shine Like a Diamond is on that motivational playlist. I got, I don't know, like 32 hours. I got, you know, hundreds of songs on there, and I play it when I'm discouraged or when I'm encouraged. Um, and so some of her songs are on that playlist. So I hear that occasionally. So I, I liked it, but it was to me it was just boring. It was just, it, okay, she, and it was a little bit nervous because, you know, okay, finally when I saw that she was literally like chained in, hooked in, you know, like safety, okay, then I'm not too worried about her falling. Um, but it's okay, she sang and danced around, then she came down, and then, and then she went back up. And it's like, oh, to me, eventually I was ready for something else. I was ready for, can we like have an outfit change? Like I usually don't even think these things. Can we have an outfit change? Can we have a guest star? I eventually just got bored. Oh, man. Um, I was like. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but eventually, eventually, I just got bored. I, to me, just like the same thing over and over and over. I've had I enough. couldn't, I couldn't disagree more, man. It was such the simplicity was beautiful to me, and the focus was her vocals. Like she sounded incredible, and it was to me, it was all about her performing. And I, I really liked that. That was the forefront of the performance. It wasn't gimmicky. There wasn't this guest star. There wasn't this music change. It was just Rihanna being her incredible self and maybe the only gimmick was she's up like however many like feet up in the air but that was that that was was terrifying but i i really i just fell in completely the opposite direction i I really loved how straightforward it was and simple it was and the the background answers by the way killed it like i I don't know how much of the budget went to paying them but they were incredible i I like them i actually thought that their little mushroom costume whatever you call it was it, like captivating I, re- I really appreciated that design because if they were just wearing white it would have been a lot less interesting than this weird puffy stuff they were wearing i thought it was fun and i i just totally disagree with you I, I really loved it and it was for me there's such a value in great vocals that sound really really good and it's hard to sound good live in that situation and she just sounded unbelievable and i, I like katie perry didn't sound that good live maroon five certainly didn't sound that good live you know what i mean like she was amazing, and I I really really value just this the clear, um, beautiful performance that sounds really good live. That's just really rare to see. The simplicity spoke to you, and, and she sounded good. Like, I've how many concerts have you yeah, been and, to where and, the, and, the person doesn't sound good live? Now, Zach, it seemed to me with my with my eyeballs. I watch it with my own eyeballs. Um, that some of the times she her mouth would quit moving and the singing would continue. Well, yeah. So I think that there was at least Definitely. there she was lip syncing. So it wasn't some of, actually some of it. a live performance. Some it of was, it. You ever seen like maybe, I've, I've seen pa- which which is okay. But I've seen Post Malone live, and there always are backing vocals that are you being played too. Like, but it's it's a mix of both. And 
I don't know. Someone else who, who knows more about this can dissect that. But um, I, I, I'm glad I you enjoyed it. it. Would you like a good stat? Would you like a good halftime show stat? Oh, I'm, I can't wait for this. This it's is going to be hilarious. I'm sure. Yeah. I got, hey, uh, this is um, uh, Fox Sports. Reach out to me. They're my source for this. Uh, sometimes I name my sources. Yeah, they post on an Instagram. <laughs> <What? you mean>. <laughs> <laughs> 100, uh, 113 million viewers for the Super Bowl. Uh, Rihanna's uh, halftime show, 118.7 million. Hmm. So allegedly, if this is to be believed, she she had more more people watching than than the Super Bowl had. Doesn't surprise me. Like, I'll tell you what, Austin, the music director, yeah. he was more excited about Rihanna than the game. You know what I mean? Like, there it is. <laughs> and and I still think it's crazy. I I I just think it's insane. I think it's a slap in the face and disgraceful that the NFL does not pay the halftime artists. They don't get paid. I don't know about the dancers, but Rihanna, if 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 I understand correctly, was not paid. No, she's given and a budget to work. I understand with. it. She's it sucks. Right, but she should get a check. They're, they should not use her services for free. I just think that is terrible. And yes, they give her a big stage, the biggest stage in the world literally and yes she'll have a bazillion downloads and yes it'll be beneficial to her but to not pay her when you're the freaking nfl to me that's just disrespectful you can't give her five million dollars you know you got it yeah you're right how how about even a million just just something because you're the nfl it just seems disrespectful and i know it's i'm not saying it's not tremendously beneficial to the artist to to the tune of probably millions and millions of dollars to me it's it's the point of the thing and and you know, as a, as a self-employed person, as a content creator, people all the time come and say, "Hey, we want you to do something for free for the publicity." And it's like, well, you, really, you, you're not going to give me any publicity. And I've discovered it's actually better to get checks than publicity. Um, and so, just kind of that—that's. But anyways, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. Can, um, can I say what, what stuck out to me watching the Super Bowl? So the the games in the NFC and AFC title championship games two weeks ago were so much about football right and like if you love football i think the afc championship game is probably a better game than the super bowl to watch because fans are there and it's a bit cold weather and i really like that but i i really for i've been watching the super bowl my whole life but watching with strangers effectively and and kind of seeing the way that their group of friends all come together to watch the super bowl kind of hit me like how much this is just like this special event that we do in America. Like it really, I, I know, I, I know that in my head, but I learned it in my heart this year, like seeing this group of friends come together to enjoy the game and make food and have a party. And it really, um, it, it, can I say it makes me proud to be an American? Like it's kind of this cool thing we do that there's this like, say what you want about football. You can criticize the NFL all you want, but like we all congregate. And I went to the gym before going to Super Bowl, I was at the gym about an hour before the game started and the gym was empty. Like no one was there. And the workers kind of like didn't want to be there either. Like everyone in America tunes in for this thing and not everyone, but you know, a massive, like a third or more than a third of us tune in to watch this game. And it's, it's kind of special. It's kind of cool. It makes me just, I don't know. I, I like that we do this special thing together. It's the world has the world cup and we have the Super Bowl, and this is our thing. And I think it's better. <laughs> and I, I love it, man. It's a really, um, on top of the game being a, such a focus, it's also this cool moment of us all collaborating, coming together. And I, I think it's beautiful and really cool. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the artists, it's the football, it's the food, it's the friends. It's the guys. It's a cultural experience. Yeah. 
Much more, it's um, not just a game. Yeah. Where two weeks ago yeah, was I mean, about the game. Yep. Yeah. yeah it was almost as good as an F1 race, really. <laughs> would you go, would you go to an F1 race? <laughs> would I, yes, I would attend an F1 race live, particularly if we can be like hosted and sponsored. I have cool places to take photos, and I get free food. Yes, the food for is definitely sure. great. At an but F1 I want to. Yeah, do but I want to be sponsored, and I want the whole. I want them like make, and I'll take nice photos for them. It'll be amazing. We'll make cool TikToks. It'll be great. Um, uh, but no, do I want to sit at home and watch a uh, an F one game? No, no, I definitely do not, not even for like I think good I'd food. I'd rather watch reruns of Stranger. Good food things. couldn't even like pull you in. <laughs> I don't know if it could be good yeah. enough to just watch on TV. <laughs> I think live. So the I'd, I'd go to an F one race anywhere, like anywhere. Austin, Texas, I don't care. I want to go to the one there's in Monaco. One in Ve- that, yeah, I, I was going to say, there's one. one in Vegas next year. That'll be pretty cool. I would go to that one. But the one in Monaco yeah, that'd be is good. like, that might be the most exclusive event. The Super Bowl is very corporate. And I believe it, you know, I saw things I can't, couldn't believe in Scottsdale, Arizona this week. I'm like, you're here? You're here? Like, I saw a lot of famous people that kind of blew my mind that were attending the Super Bowl. But Monaco for the F1 race is even more exclusive and even more billionaires and it's it's all like insanity that that race is like if we if we could ever like scam our way into going to that race <laughs> it would have, it'd be unbelievable. No, we, should, should, we should the raiders the raiders should invite us to come out to they give us a tour of the stadium and have us out for the f1 races you know for, that would be fun that'd be good or the f1 people they can reach out to me they could my email's out there and i'll 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 coordinate and make sure that zach Schalmer gets there and i'll take a lot of your photos can i share my favorite commercial Yes. By the way, I saw LeBron James at the Super Bowl. So did I on TV. Okay, <laughs> like let's not act like. <laughs> Come on, man, you're killing me. That's such a dad joke. That's that's the most dad dad joke ever. Um, so I didn't know the Flash movie has been talked about for a long, long time, and I just we were actually in Hawaii. Remember when Ezra Miller was like going off the deep end and like getting in fights? We were like in the Puna district as well. Like when he was like getting arrested, we were in Hawaii on the big Island when he was doing that. And Ezra Miller, the guy yeah. who plays flash kind of went off the deep end. And I, I knew the movie was happening, but I'm like, I, how am I going to care about this movie? Like, I don't, it's not going to be interesting. And then I saw the trailer and I didn't, I didn't realize that movie included not only Ben Affleck as Batman, but apparently Michael Keaton. And that, that was like, what it blew. Me. It was so exciting to me maybe my favorite part of the super bowl like the most the moment that made me have more emotion than anything was seeing michael keaton as batman i'm like what in the world are you kidding me what not when jalen hurts fumbled not when Kadarius tony had a 65 yard punt return but seeing michael keaton as batman was the moment that made me go like wait a minute what's happening in this flash movie and suddenly i was excited to watch a movie that i i had knew existed but didn't care about until that moment yeah, I just, Ezra Miller just to me seems an absolute lunatic, and I did not understand why Disney just didn't dump it. And recently when James Gunn said that it's going to be the launching off point, the chapter that opens up the new DC universe he's putting together, um, that made sense because it's Flashpoint. I kind of knew what the story well, reset might be. You may not know what Flash... Yeah, reset everything. And so we're like, okay, that makes sense, but I still think Ezra Miller's a nut. I don't even want to watch it. Um, well, they already filmed it. Like, you, but can't, you can't refilm... I don't know. You can't refilm a whole right, movie. Right, but you don't have to promote it. And and so I was like, when the, when it came on, when it first came on, I went, Oh crap. It's like for the first one second, I'm like, Oh crap, not this. Um, 
But uh, nine, for me, there was a lot of nostalgia in the Super Bowl. Like I got teary a couple different times. But uh, 1989, um, I saw Michael Keaton, you know, Batman in the theaters. Um, and he says in there, I'm Batman. And then he's iconic in your generation. I think it was May 12th, 2018. He's at Kent State University and he's giving a commencement speech. I think you've seen this clip. I bet you have where he says, and I'm um, leave you two words, by the way, that'll carry you through. Remember you, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I'm Batman. <laughs> And then when I'm watching this, when I'm watching this thing and I see that um, Barry Allen is talking to Barry Allen and the other Barry Allen has clothes that are the reverse flashes clothes, his yellow. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? Is the other Barry Allen going to be reverse flash or Red Death or what's going to happen here? Is he going to be one of the bad guys, the other Barry Allen? And we'd already saw Ben Affleck. And then when when Michael Keaton comes out and he comes walking out and his his cowl is very distinctive. And then when he says, you're, 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 yeah, you're right. I'm Batman. I almost started crying. I mean, I teared up. I was so moved. I probably sound like a lunatic, but like, this is incredible. And we've got Zod and we've got Supergirl. I was like, oh my goodness. I was flying my comic book nerd flag hard right then. It was incredible. Yeah, there was that. There was a I'm not that Creed like two wasn't as exciting to me, but seeing Creed with the guy, I think Kang, the conquerors that the actor from, I believe Loki. And then also uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. He's playing like the villain in the new Creed movie. That was really cool to see. Um, I really liked the commercial with the woman playing flag football. That was really fun. Like her mom tries to tackle her in the kitchen. That, that like, <laughs> I love that. That, that. that was a great commercial. And by the way, Side note, but and this is not me trying to like be PC. This is just like legitimate. Women's flag football is very entertaining to watch. I watch it on Instagram all the time. I'm like, oh, that's like really cool. So I don't know, kind of fun. It's actually an official sport now in Arizona, which I didn't know till yesterday. Um, any other commercials stood out to you that blew your mind? Yeah, two things. Just, just I didn't watch much of the pregame, but two things just before the football the game started. Um, they, sh- uh, I, I guess I knew this, but it just hit me. They had a longer commercial. It was not technically Super Bowl commercial. The kickoff hadn't happened yet, but they had a long commercial um, that uh, YouTube has. Um, uh, what do they call it? The NFL. Um, uh, oh, you have to watch Sunday it. Ticket. Uh, I think is what it's called. Sunday Ticket. Yeah, NFL Sunday Ticket on YouTube, and it was like such so cool. And I'm like, wow. This really is life-changing. There are going to be a lot of people signing up for that. I want to sign up for that. Um, I don't even have to have a stupid satellite. I can just watch it right through my TV, uh, YouTube on my TV already. Uh, that was pretty mind-blowing to me to think about, wow, this is, things are really, this is really cool. I was it's, really excited It's a about change that. for the positive, for sure. Like, it's really, it's going to make that so much more accessible. It's really exciting to me. Um. Um, and then the other thing that was pre just before the game started is they had um, um, uh, who's the gentleman that got hurt for the Bills? I'm drawing Demar Hamlin. Um, yeah, Demar Hamlin was out on the field with <clears throat> all the people around him that from the hospital and that saved his life on the sidelines, and they gave a tribute. And man, I just I teared up then. It's like it was so much like this guy. I watched this guy die on the field, and this these people brought him back and then saved him at the hospital and have all of them there. That was really really moving um and then nick seriani crying uh the singing of the national anthem um that was pretty moving to me how can you not love um, him i love the how can you not love nick seriani like <laughs> he's just all heart yeah man. and and it's so genuine to like the little boy in him is like i'm in the super bowl this is really happening and and then to coach your ass off afterward like i, I how do you not love that you know that's so cool 
How, how do you think just early, way early super? How do you think they're going to do next? Oh, they're going to bounce back. Better or worse than the the you're, you said yeah, it earlier. Usually, I, I the, well the way they answered questions and the way they handled everything and didn't make excuses. And I would even I would even not be shocked if Jason Kelsey, their center, has been thinking about retiring, comes back next year and says like, "Hey, I'll give you 17 games. Like you're not going to get me very much at practice. I'm not banging my body up, but I'll play. I'll play every game. Like I, I really could see." I think Philly's going to be back with a vengeance next year. And I I think the it's not very often you see a player take a a a low a lesser contract to keep the band together. Jalen Hurts is one of the people I could see doing that. You know, and, and part of why that doesn't happen is because agents are eight the more a player gets paid, the more an agent gets paid. So the agents are always vying for the player to take as much money as seemingly possible. But I really think it's it's very possible we see Jalen Hurts take a team friendly deal in pursuit of another contract. You give him $80 million, he's set for life. I think I think Jalen Hurts has the vision to see like long-term and say, if I take an $80 million contract, we can go fight for another Super Bowl. I'm going to have my job for years and years to come. I'll make more money long-term if I take less money now. Um, and I, I really believe that Jalen Hurts is the kind of person that just has the vision and the desire to win and will take a, a, a pay cut or a, a lesser contract. I, I think the Eagles are going to be back. Yeah, my early predictions for um, for teams, potential teams, the Super Bowl, Eagles, um, Chiefs, and uh, Bengals. Those are my three so far. Mm. Um, okay, and then another commercial I liked was um, Ben Affleck, Dunkin' Donuts. I thought that was just hilarious. And then his wife comes through, J-Lo comes through. <laughs> I absolutely love that commercial. And she's, get me a glaze. Yeah. Um, that Tubi commercial with the rabbits, the big rabbits kidnapping people and throwing them into a hole, that was just disturbing. Do you remember the other um, one where the Tubi commercial was like it like switched the app? It looked like someone had hit yes. the remote. That that's one that got me. I was yeah. like, I was like, who's doing that? And we all looked at each the whole room at the party was like, who has a remote? Who's messing with it? And then we're like, oh, none of us do. It's just that's the commercial. That was pretty fun. Yeah, I, I, that actually, like, I don't know quite what Tubi is, but I don't want giant rabbits coming after me, and I don't like someone screws with the channel. So, like, I am now anti-Tubi. Um, they're, they're, they had the exact opposite effect with me. It's like, no Tubi in my house. I, I'm not into Google Drive. I don't like spell Excel spreadsheets, and I don't like Tubi. That's the third thing. Yeah. Um, what? I'm a You're old such man. You're such an old man, dude. I oh, my like. gosh. I am. Oh, yeah. I love it. I'm a curmudgeon. Um the, the, I love the Fast uh, Fast and Furious Ten um, little uh, the, the trailer came out a few days ago, but they gave what they gave part of just a little part. Why are you Why are you giving me this look? It was so cool. Did you not see him driving his car down the side of a dam? That you didn't take one thing from me. You didn't take my car, and he drives off the dam and drives down the side of the dam. How amazing was that? I. Uh... I saw a meme today where Harry Potter was Dominic Toretto. Come on. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I used to love fast and furious. They, the more outlandish it gets, the more they lose me. I'm just like, I, I, it's the war of escalation. And I, I, I I wish I could get excited for a fast and furious movie anymore, but I, I watched the last one and I laughed the whole way through and I wish I'd had lots of drugs to watch it. Cause I was just like, man, this is like, it's so insane now. There's a movie called Moon Crash uh, about the moon, like hitting the earth. And it's like the worst written movie I've ever seen. And I put Fast and Furious movies down in the same category as that movie. That's just like weird, terribly written mess. But, but didn't they take a Pinto into space last time in, in movie nine? I don't even right? remember, They took man. some kind of old car into space. 
That that was incredible. That was engineering. So yeah, I didn't want to say that. It might have been a spoiler, but I think it was in the trailer. The minute they put a car in space, I'm like, I'm never watching this ever again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so done. I would have been happy if they ended with that awesome Wiz Khalifa song and uh, Brian riding off into sunset. And they they feel like they kept just they add more and more legendary actors, and I get less and less interested in every movie. <laughs> Oh, Dominic Trejo driving his car down the face of a dam. That was funny. Family. I was laughing. I just look at it as fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. You know, you know, Iron Man can say that um, we have a Hulk. Toretto says we have family. There's a family trumps. There's the a meme going around of Harry Potter, like Voldemort or someone's challenging Harry Potter. And it's like, I have the best wand. And then he's like, what do you have? Dominic Toretto and Vin- Dominic Trejo's like, I have family. And Harry Potter starts crying because his family's dead. <laughs> and then um that is hilarious and then the last thing i saw that also just uh it was super short but it warmed my heart um nostalgia up the wazoo do you know what i'm about to talk about no, i have no idea yeah um it's probably it's probably the beginning of this movie is probably the greatest theater movie experience i've ever had in my life uh, 1981, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You're sitting in a theater. It's toward the beginning. And then this big rock is rolling down, chasing this guy who has this whip. We know who this character is. And it was so iconic. And that rock was like coming right at you in the theater. Um, it was absolutely, uh, it was a movie, you may not heard Raiders of the Lost Ark. It came out in the late 1900s. Um, I saw it in the theater. It was just incredible. Um, it just probably tied for Star Wars, seeing Star Wars in the theater, but just blew my mind. And to see that little tiny trailer, little tiny blip, Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, Saul is back. Um, uh, you've got the similar kind of line, why are you here? I'm here to save you. And they fall out of the plane. Um, I don't know, just warmed my heart. He's 70 years old or so and making uh, making those movies. That little clip, it just, it just filled me with nostalgia I loved. You know what movies don't do anymore is that the epic theme song, the recognizable theme music. When I hear dun 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 da dun dun, like I immediately like that's an Indian, you know, and you just don't have movies that do that anymore, and it really breaks my heart. Like John Williams, who who made Star Wars and indie, and also I believe uh, Jurassic World or Jurassic Park. I mean, like you, you just don't get many movies like that. Like Michael Giacchino uh, made the Star Trek 2009 soundtrack, and that I actually it's the only soundtrack on my phone. I love I love will always love the, the the music in that movie. And I play it regularly when I'm sad. I play like a Star Trek theme song from that specific 2009 Star Trek movie. But it's very rare to get a, a legendary theme song anymore. And when that played in that that trailer, I was like, ah, yes. I love it so much, man. I, I wish more movies did that. Yeah, because that's part of it. That, that little clip, this little, little short they uh, had also had the movie starting. So it was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, and do you want me to, just as we close, do you want me to recommend a good, um, I've got a good soundtrack for you if you want. Um, probably the best soundtrack ever made. Okay. You ready? Sure. Yeah. It's the Karate Kid soundtrack. It's absolutely phenomenal. You've got You're the Best, Joe Esposito. You've got The Moment of Truth by Survivor. Um, you've got No Shelter. Um, you've got, uh, bop, bop on the beach. You've, it's just so, so good. All of these songs, you just gotta, you gotta enjoy it. You gotta watch it. My favorite, gotta listen no, no, to I, it. I, I, nothing will ever beat Star Trek 2009. There's a, a song on that soundtrack called Enterprising Young Men. And like that, 
like it gets me every time. I gotta give before we end the show, I gotta give a shout out to one more human being who is involved in the Super Bowl this year. Um, I don't know how long this person's gonna have his job moving forward. Uh, we know that uh, for one more year, he's gonna be doing what he's doing. Greg Olson did an outstanding job broadcasting during the Super Bowl. Greg Olson was phenomenal. And I, I love Greg Olson as a broadcaster. He really, Troy Aikman left uh, to go to ESPN. I think Greg Olson's better, actually. And I know Tom Brady's the next guy up at Fox. He's going to take a year off of football and kind of learn and research. But I don't, I, I guess Tom Brady will probably be an upgrade because I, I just want to hear what Tom Brady sounds like, what he has to say about a football game. So it's it's really heartbreaking because Greg Olson's like truly, in my opinion, one of the best people alive doing, you know, commentary on football games and it's really cool and uh, to see him do a super bowl and do so well was really cool i don't know if you have a similar sentiment did you like hearing greg olson i thought he did a fantastic job yeah i i love it you know i like it when um i enjoy the announcer but they don't get in the way of the game and then they add to the experience and he did exactly that um and i just think that um uh oh who's the guy over at cbs right now that's having Tony Romo. the former um Tony Romo. So maybe Greg Olson can move over to CBS when they fire Tony Romo. Uh, maybe he can go to Amazon. Amazon picks up more games eventually. I think Amazon's going to eventually be a, a, a bigger NFL partner because they're going to want live content. Um, so I think Greg Olson has a future. may not be at Fox, um, but I think he has a future because a lot of people like what he's doing. And so I, um, you know, he and Tom Brady would do the same exact thing, right? That's why they can't be on the broadcast together. Yeah, and, and I just think that Brady's as much as I love Greg Olson, I think he's probably the old, I can't really, the only other people I can think of being more interesting to watch talk about football are like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like there's so few, I've seen Drew Brees do commentary. He's not even as good as, as Greg Olson. Greg Olson's just phenomenal. Um, I just, Tom Brady being Tom Brady, y- you got to put him on. Like I have, I have to hear what Tom Brady has to say about football games, but Greg Olson has mastered the craft and, he's got to be one of the national broadcasters doing commentary. He, he's so dang good. And I just, uh, I'm blown away by him. Yeah. I'm other than Tom Brady's just commitment to work hard. And like you, you literally said the phrase master his craft. I, you know, I'm not sure that necessarily he's to me a natural fit for it. We'll have to see, but it doesn't matter. Cause I, he has all the knowledge up here. I think he, we saw a little bit of his real persona and his people skills. I mean, his personality come out. Uh, at the podium uh, in Tampa Bay the past couple of years. So I think he has the personality, he has the knowledge, and he'll master the craft. I think Tom Brady will be phenomenal. Uh, I just don't know if he'll start out that way. I, I would rather watch Tom Brady than Peyton. I've seen a lot of Peyton Manning do commentary, and Peyton Manning's kind of, he's got this kind of shtick that doesn't work for me. He's kind He's kind of got like a persona almost. I just want to hear Tom Brady say, like, that's why that's a good throw. Like, I can't wait for the day where Tom Brady just says, like, he teaches me about the game live. I, I know he's going to do that. His brain is just such a wealth of knowledge about football. Um, whereas Peyton Manning, when he, he does his own thing and he kind of likes to hang out and he's talks, he's less about the game and more about this other nonsense. And I don't really care about it. Where Peyton Manning is going to be, or sorry, Tom Brady is going to be a little more nerdy and more analytical. Uh, and that, that's, that excites me, but. It's just worth giving Greg Olson a shout out. He, he's just clearly one of the best four or five people alive doing uh, commentary of football games. And I, I really think he deserves a, a lot of respect and a, a special shout out because he's so good. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, our next episode. 
Uh, we'll have some NFL personnel moves to talk about. We'll talk about some YouTube comments. Maybe we'll have some Instagram comments. Um, I can't protect you from weekend, uh, hating the weekend comments. That I can't save you from. But some of these other people, uh, I'm happy to comment with them uh, and have fun with it. I don't want to be a snarky jerk. But at the same time, uh, I don't mind, you know, getting in there and responding to some of the comments. You can hate on me for not liking the weekend Super Bowl performance. It's when people comment on my life and tell me how I should be living that I'm like, you don't know me. Like, get out of here. Um, I just, <laughs> I, you know, next week I want it. We didn't talk about, we, we just missed it talking about the Vikings hiring uh, a new defensive coordinator. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. So I just think let's just. This one's the Super Bowl next week. We need content. We'll talk about it next week. But there was an exciting hire that we'll talk about next week. That'll be pretty cool. Yep, good. All right. Well, um, you have yourself an amazing week. I look forward to talking to you next week. Um, do your thing. Take us out of here. All right, guys. Um, bam. We are done.